Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I want to welcome you to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Whitney Cronenberger, and she's a life coach, but she specialized in Christian female entrepreneurs, and I'm really interested in kind of this niche down. She's also a podcast host of the original female entrepreneur, but today's going to be talking all about reclaiming your identity, thoughts, purpose. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm always interested in Hearing about you know different spiritual backgrounds and how we can achieve freedom. So Whitney, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. It's good to be on. Yeah, um, kind of. Uh, yeah, I, I really like how you niche down and um, uh, kind of tell people your background and you know what you do and uh, why you do it. It's, and we'll get into the conversation. Yeah. Well, so I. Uh, when I graduated from college, I went to work for a nonprofit and I was there for about 10 years. Um, I helped them in their talent acquisition department. So I helped their executives and managers and directors hire their staff and put together teams. And so I really kind of fell in love with um, how people engage with one another and how to build effective teams. And so I did that for 10 years. I left to um, start my own business. And then I became a coach. And so what I have built now is kind of a, a culmination of a lot of years of diving into uh, women that are highly ambitious, that have made a lot of money. And so I've, I have um, spent a lot of time coaching that type of person, but I, I do feel like now in my career, I'm starting to recognize some of the similar issues that a lot of men and women experience as they get to levels of wealth or success and they start having imposter syndrome or they start wondering, has it all been worth it? Has it, is this, you know, I've, I've done all the things that I wanted to do now what? And so, um, I've kind of taken all that information and now I am, I do one-on-one coaching. I have a group program. Um, but really I just, I have a heart for women who, are lonely, who feel like they are isolated, who feel like they are in some massive shame cycles. And my goal is to just kind of keep them in the game, keep them healthy where they can make good decisions and still find creativity and stay doing the things that they were meant to do. So that's kind of the the type of person that I'm working with today. Yeah, um, really interesting. And kind of talking about, so I love this idea is, uh, 
where you have a purpose versus assignment and yes. why it's important to know the difference. Yeah, I this is something that I struggled with for a long time. I think that as a life coach, obviously we are really interested in kind of this, you know, people's personality types and um, you know, enneagram and uh, strengths finders and all of these things. And what I quickly recognized is I I really believe that there is a difference in the way that we were created and designed. Um, and my belief is that God has designed every single person individually with a specific set of gifts and skills and abilities. So there's this purpose. This is like what we were designed for. But then there's also our assignment and your assignment can kind of change throughout the year. So it could look like, okay, well, I was in this job for 10 years and I was hiring for 10 years and that was my assignment at that point. And then I, I felt like I was called out of that and to start my own business. And so my assignment now in this season um, correlates with working with Christian female entrepreneurs. And so while who we are at the core, I don't believe ever changes, like we were created to do these things, what we are called to changes within every season or over multiple seasons. And I think there's the reason that it's important to find the distinction is because as high achieving entrepreneurs, it's easy to find our identity in what we do rather than who we are or what, or, you know, in my case, like, being a Christian, being a believer, my identity comes from who is my creator and who how how has he created me to show up in this world. And so when we find our identity in what we do, if that gets taken away, then we kind of crumble, right? If if we are called to ministry, if we're called to law or to medicine, and we and our whole identity is wrapped up into that, if something threatens that, or if we are taken out of the game somehow or not able to perform at that level, then that's when a lot of people go into this deep depression or who, what am I what am I supposed to be doing? And so I find that if we can really uncover our identity at its core, the things that actually matter, then when those other things are threatened, we don't fall apart. We don't go into the shame cycle. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting because, um, you know, when I, you know, kind of, um, you know, when I went full in as an entrepreneur and what's, mm -hmm. what's interesting is, um, you know, I kind of, intuition or whatever is like oh i have different assignments for you you know either mentor or you know start podcasts or speak or you know write books it's kind of interesting because it's like you know you're the um you know these hints you know this is your next yeah. assignment which is uh quite interesting um, yeah i think it kind of takes it takes out some of the pressure to really feel like I need to do these things to be fulfilled. It's like, I, I think that it gives me more peace when I think about, I'm not making, it's not, there's, there's not a right path or a, it's not black and white necessarily. It's whatever path I'm choosing right now is okay. And I know the Lord is going to bless that. And I know I can be successful in that. And if I'm called to do a different thing that I can do that, but it's, it's not the pressure of, well, if I go and choose this path and I'm doing something wrong and I'm going to be cursed for the rest of my life or whatever, it's no, we just make decisions. And based on those decisions, we either handle the consequences or we choose a different assignment, but it's, I don't ever think of it as now I'm stuck in this and I can't get out of it. Or now I have to do this one thing because this is all I've ever done. Like it just gives us a lot of freedom, I think, to choose. Yeah. It's interesting because I was talking to another um, entrepreneur and she said the same, like, because a lot of doctors, they feel trapped because um, 
you know, these high incomes, but you know, these golden yeah. handcuffs, but um, they can't leave because it's really hard to leave. Yes. And it's kind of like, you know, you're not trapped. You have choices. Um, you know, if you leave, you know, there's, there's, you know, you, you have freedom of choice. It's just, you know, every choice has, co you know, consequences. And, you know, a yeah. lot of doctors just feel, you know, oh, I can't, I, you know, I'm stuck, I'm trapped, you know, but, you know. Um, yeah. What, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. The next, the, what's really interesting is um, talking about, first thing is, what is soul rest? I've, I've never heard of this. And, you know, yeah. soul rest, what is it? Why is it a necessity? It's yeah, it's, I feel like um, self-care is kind of this buzzword and it has been around for a while. And I feel like a lot of people just associate that with um, taking a bubble bath or going on vacation or something, which is great. I think all of those things are good. And especially as it comes to people in medicine, I think that it's hard to think about like, well, I don't, I'm in this line of work and I rest when I'm not working. And then, but I, I think that um, I read a book by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it was eye-opening to me because what he talks about in that book is the difference between rest and soul rest. And a lot of us believe, okay, well, I work this really, I work this, you know, highly intensive job and I putting a lot of hours in and it's um, high stress and I'm working with people every single day. And so rest comes when I leave work and I go and I'm sleeping. And I think that when I think about rest specifically, I think about how am I, how am I recovering so that I'm going back into my role at full force. And I think that that comes when we truly find soul rest. And what I would say soul rest is, is being able to, um, it's, it, it's not a physical thing. It's very much a mental thing. It's allowing our brains and our, our bodies to really catch up with our brains. And so I think that it requires us to slow down to the point where we can tap back into the creativity and the inspiration that's within us. Um, that I believe comes from the Lord, but I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is oh, I can't leave this path. I can't do this because I don't know what's next or it's unknown. I think the value of finding rest for your soul means that you are setting aside time and you are intentionally giving yourself a break from things so that you can really have time to uncover what would it look like if I stepped away from medicine? What would it look like if I stepped away from my nine to five? And that doesn't often happen when we are burned out or we are moving from thing to thing to thing. It doesn't allow us to have margin to really come back to what what is actually possible. So when I think about soul rest, some of the things that I think about are the things that actually um, fill my cup and that, so as a, I'm an Enneagram seven, um, but I have a whole like self-care menu, soul care menu for different Enneagram types, but it could be going for a walk. It could be things that are just, you know, um, it could be something like a bubble bath or something like going to a movie or having dinner with your spouse or whatever. But the key to it is to, create those pockets of time, not wait for those time pockets of time to come. So what that looks like is during the week, I'm setting aside specific hours or a 30 minute block or margin during my week so that I know I've got something to look forward to where I can kind of pull back and recenter and align. Um, it could look like every couple of months doing a 24 hour overnight by myself so that I'm coming back to 
where where's my as i believe where's my inspiration coming from it's coming from the lord so what does that look like i'm getting 24 hours away so i can reconnect and ask the lord am i still on the right path do you still what are, what are your plans for me right now and then it it also is planning out a year in advance and planning out vacations so that we've always got things on the books that we know, okay, I'm looking forward to that time of rest and reprieve. And um, I think that is when our souls can kind of slow down and open back up to what's possible and not just this moving from thing to thing. Mm, I love that. And, and I really, uh, you know, being intentional, just kind of very, you know, I like how you mentioned or described, you create time, you yeah. basically set aside time, you know, this is time for X, Y, and Z and non-negotiable. And this is, you know, kind yeah. of like sharpening your sword. Which brings me to my next question is in these these area of uncertainty, how do you help individuals get confidence in their decision making? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that again that comes back to having a deep faith in God, but I I think that when we make decisions from our own strength or um, our own ability, it often comes out of a place of scarcity or it comes out of a place of stress or overwhelm. And when we do that, we don't give ourselves a lot of that margin to really go in and make that decision confidently because we're just doing it without thinking and we're kind of just doing it as a, um, we're kind of, taking a back seat or it's not as deliberate. And so when I think about decisions that I've made or the decisions that I help my clients make, usually it is uh, laying out all the possibilities and then fi- trying to figure out, okay, what what out of these possibilities bring me life? What things are stressing me out? And I think ultimately it comes, the confidence comes from a place that I, I'm not going to actually screw this up, right? Like what I was just kind of talking about that um, it's not a right or a wrong or a black or a white. Like I do think that there are, there are decisions that we can make that are better than others. But ultimately, no matter what decision I make, the Lord is always going to be with me. And so that means that the confidence doesn't have to come in my own ability. It doesn't have to come because I'm great and I have all these amazing ideas. It it comes from this, it, it, this external source that is that knows all things and knows me unconditionally and knows my life and knows what's best for me. And so if I am constantly plugging in to that source. And in my case, God, if I'm constantly in prayer and constantly reading the Bible and I'm in conversation and in communion with him, then what that means is I'm not worrying about screwing this up because I know no matter what I do, he's with me. And so for non-believers or for, for people who don't believe in God, I think it could look different. It could look like finding inspiration and signs and, um, you know, and in other people and getting feedback from other people and that sort of thing. Um, but I think that when we, our society today really takes so much ownership and responsibility for ourselves. And sometimes we, we think it's all up to us and we forget to go ask for help or go check in with other people. And it makes, and we feel like it maybe makes us look weak. Um, but I do think that asking people that we uh, respect and admire that 
have our best interests at heart, it kind of takes a little bit of that pressure off. Um, and I, I think that there's such beauty in collaboration and working together in your community and not just isolating because entrepreneurship or being in a high level role in medicine, it is, it can be really lonely to think that you are the only person struggling with these things, or you're the only person having these thoughts. And when we're in community together, those confident, those decisions are not just made on our own. They're made with a group of people or plugging into a higher power or God. Yeah. Interesting. The other question is, um, so we talked about, um, soul rest, but one thing is, uh, you talked about boundaries of the mind, which uh-huh. is, um, I'm not sure exactly what that is, but, uh, you know, I'd love for you to describe it or, you know, what it looks like or what it feels like. Well, when I first um, when I first became a coach, I quickly, especially as a life coach, I mean, it's kind of a funny, uh, funny role. Most people don't know what it is. It sounds kind of like a joke, and so <laughs> I I very quickly recognized that there were these um, kind of ticks that every life coach has, and they're always talking about um, self care and boundaries and you know all these things. And so I did that. I I jumped into it and I started talking about boundaries. And at first, when I was talking about boundaries, it very much was how to have boundaries with your mother-in-law or with your spouse or with friends and those kinds of things. And and it really came to a point of like conflict resolution and how to enter into conflict in a healthy way, which I love. I love that conversation too. But what I was recognizing with specifically high achieving entrepreneurs is that Uh, what happens is that we work all day long and we're sitting at a computer, we're doing Zooms or I'm coaching or you're with patients or whatever this looks like. And then your day is up. So maybe I'm working nine to two or maybe I'm doing a 24-hour shift or whatever it is. And so you're off off the clock, right? You leave your work or you shut your computer or you clock out or whatever it is. And you go home and what happens? Your brain is still thinking about your patient or your brain is still thinking about your client or you're not able to actually mentally clock out. You can't turn your brain off. And so when I went, especially as entrepreneurs, if we don't work, we don't eat, right? So we're constantly on. And what I'm finding is that when as an entrepreneur, when you go on vacation, you're still working in your mind. You may have left your computer in the hotel, but you're still thinking about your work all the time. And that that keeps us from being fully present with our families and with people that mean a lot to us. Mm-hmm. It keeps us from engaging in the activity and being present. It keeps us from tapping into creativity and inspiration. And so what I teach my clients to do is to um, really be careful and cautious about what they are allowing in to their brain and what they're allowing to stay in their brain when they're off the clock. So boundaries of the mind in my and the way that I define it is how are you guarding your thoughts so that you can be fully present? So you are not allowing the day's thoughts or all of your work thoughts to continue to roll around in your mind, that you're, you are filtering through those. You're being intentional with the thoughts that you're allowing to stay in there. Um, you are removing the thoughts that aren't serving you well. You're processing through the thoughts that are 
causing you anxiety because that for a lot of people, when their head hits the pillow, they've still got an hour's worth of work to do in their brain. And I would love for them to hit the pillow and be able to fall asleep really quickly because they've already wrestled with those and they've already, they have good boundaries to kind of filter through what those are. So um, boundaries of the mind is really just being able to be intentional with with what thoughts come in. And here's here's the kicker. I think most people have the belief that they are they wouldn't see themselves as necessarily a victim to their thoughts, but they don't actually realize that they have the power to choose thoughts or to not choose thoughts or to not allow thoughts to come into their mind. They just are like, well, whatever comes in, I've got to deal with and whatever you say, I've got to deal with and whatever he does, I have to deal with. And we lose the ability to calm and quiet our minds. And so boundaries, I think, give us the ability to find peace and to find clarity and to calm, find calm. And that is what leads to soul rest. And that allows us to continue to be sustainable in the role that we're in. And it allows us to continue to do what we're doing at our highest level and not burn out. And I think that's just, it's prevalent where there are so many people who get into these positions and they're like, Oh, it's a five, 10 year runway. And then mentally I can't handle it anymore. You know, it's, uh, you know, what's interesting is, um, I've been really, you know, really intentional about cultivating the certain energies around me. And like, Mm, it's like somebody's like attracting drama or just kind of like, um, just kind of lower, like dragging you down. You can actually, and then, uh, you intentionally curate like who your influences. Yes. Yes. I would totally agree with that. It is. um, We often just think whoever is in our life is in our life. And we're not, I'm not a proponent of just like getting rid of everybody, but I do think that, you know, I, uh, I don't know who originally said this, but I know Brene Brown talks a lot about the five people that you surround yourself with your sticky note people, right. Um, That they, are the person that you eventually become is the five people that you surround yourself with. And I think, I think what you're saying is really true that if you are around a lot of people who complain all the time or who are very negative or who talk poorly about their spouse or their partner or who complain often, those types of people, you will become like that. And so it is so important to make sure that the person that you want to become, you have that type of person in your sphere, in your close sphere, so that you are confiding in them and asking for feedback, giving them permission to give you feedback. But that doesn't just happen because we, you know, go find some friends or the friends from high school that we had, or it really does, it it really does take uh, intentionality on our part to take inventory of those people and what types of characteristics they have that we may like or not like and how we, and then how do we handle that at that point? Mm, and I love that. And I love um, just kind of uh, curating your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. Next question, uh, kind of as in always, you have a lot of interesting ideas. And the other is, um, what is the shame cycle? And how does it keep people from completing their assignment or getting them off their purpose? And, yeah. Yeah. And tell people how they can find you and follow you, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, I kind of figured out this, this shame cycle because I was seeing my clients, what would happen is they would experience success of some kind Mm -hmm. and then, um, some sort of trial or challenge would come along and their thoughts immediately went to, 
I shouldn't be struggling with this. I've I've already struggled with this in the past and I've moved past it. I make too much money to struggle with this. This shouldn't be an issue for me. And they feel shame because they feel like they should either be past it or they uh, it shouldn't be something that they even wrestle with anymore. It's a number of things. But I think that um, once we get into the, those thoughts that are not, I, I call them unproductive thoughts. You've got productive and unproductive or unproductive and productive emotions. When you start getting into the cycles of unproductive thoughts, then it that shame kind of pulls us into hiding. And then we get into a, a piece of this that's kind of this self-sufficiency. I just need to get myself out of it. I just need to pull myself out. And sometimes it works where we can kind of pull ourselves back out. But then once we find that challenge again, we go back into that shame cycle. We go back into those guilty thoughts or I shouldn't be struggling with this. I should be further along. And so what what I have found is that once we find ourselves in that shame cycle and we have those unproductive thoughts, one of the ways to move out of that, to kind of pivot out of that cycle and into a non-shame cycle or a productive cycle, um, or some people call it high value, but um, is when you get to that part where you feel like you have to do it on your own, that self-sufficiency, that's when it's really beneficial to go and make sure that you've got a coach or you've got people that are going to tell you the truth or that you are in communion with God or um, you're praying or whatever it is so that you've got other people to speak into that process and not allow you to stay in that negative thought cycle. Because I do think that often when we, the shame cycle continues to happen when we believe it's our job to fix all, all of our problems and it's not, and that we can't go ask for help. Like I just, I think that, um, it is easy to believe I need to have this. I need to do this on my own. I need to have it all together. I've got to fix it myself. Or what would they think if they knew this? Or I would lose my credibility if somebody knew this about me. Or no one would trust me or no one would respect me if they knew this. And when we get into those thoughts and we don't have a safe person to go and confide in, then that that cycle continues. So the goal is to have somebody or something that you, a process that you have to remind yourself of truth and who you are and your identity so that you can pivot out of that. So that's the shame cycle. Um, and it has, it's been really helpful as far as getting in touch with me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Whitney Kronberger. Um, I also have a website, WhitneyKronberger.com. And right now I have this group coaching program called the well mastermind for, um, six and seven figure earning Christian female entrepreneurs. And, um, it's kind of, it's just a really cool container to have these high level, high achieving women to kind of come into this container for accountability and for goal setting and to help them grow in their business, help them grow their cash flow, and also to help them find that soul rest and uncover their identity and create those boundaries. And so that, um, kicks off in February. So I'm, I've got registration open for that. Awesome. And, uh, with that, uh, thank, let's thank uh, Whitney for coming on. Um, it's really interesting and, uh, all of her resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thanks so much. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.